Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. everybody to the house of the Lord. Did anybody come anticipating God to move in your life? Oh, I'm, I'm good with this. Amen. Uh, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Uh, we're eventually going to read Revelation chapter 3. It's going to take me a moment to actually get there, but I want you to prepare to grow, go to Revelation chapter 3 verse 8. Uh, as you're turning there, I want you to uh, ask that you pray for our Faith and Business Expo coming up this Saturday. Uh, we have 180 people already registered, and we're going to believe for 200 people. We're going to believe for 200 people to register. Uh, one of the things I'm excited about our Faith and Business Expo is that it shows the diversity of our reach, that we are a diverse church, and we're reaching people uh, from different backgrounds, experiences, and everybody is a target for the gospel. Someone shout amen. And so I want to encourage you, if you have not registered, I encourage you to register. Come out, be exposed to vision and be inspired. And I'm praying that you'll get connected to a destiny relationship, a destiny relationship. Someone shout amen. So today I am zeroing in on the subject of the power of keys. Someone say the power of keys. Uh, that's what I'm zeroing in. Make sure you get your bulletin when you come through the door because so you could take notes. You could write notes down and when the Lord speaks to your heart, you write it down uh, on that bulletin. And if you're a first-time guest, you put your information there, rip it off, and then at the end of the service in the offering basket, you put it in there. But our study today, uh, the power of keys, is part of our overall series on the weekend uh, titled Understanding the Mystery of Doors. Understanding the Mystery of Doors. And I want to do a little review to catch us up to speed uh, today. But Jesus told his disciples in Luke chapter 8 verse 10, he tells them, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Someone say mysteries. Uh, the mysteries of the kingdom of God. In other words, what we're learning, what we're learning uh, is, is hidden from the natural man. It's hidden from the natural man. The natural man cannot understand uh, what we're learning together as disciples of Jesus Christ. And uh, we have an advantage as, as disciples of Jesus. We have an advantage because we get to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. We get to learn the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And these mysteries empower ordinary people to live extraordinary lifestyles. Like, I don't want to live a normal lifestyle. I don't want to be a normal follower of Jesus Christ. I don't want to be a commonplace Christian. I want to live an extraordinary Christian life. I want to see the power of God explode in my life. I want to experience the blessings of God. I want to experience the presence. 
presence of God. And it is the mysteries of the kingdom, understanding and walking in the mysteries of the kingdom that elevate ordinary people into an extraordinary lifestyle. Has anybody fallen along? So we're talking about the mysteries of the kingdom. And if you pay attention and apply what I'm teaching, uh, I believe it can change uh, your next five years. It can change your next five years. And as I mentioned last weekend, I'm, I'm excited because I'm basically teaching you a master class on doors. I'm teaching you a master class on doors. What are doors? Why are they shut? What do you do before a closed door? And then ultimately, we're going to touch on how to open a closed door. This is what we're learning in the next couple weeks. What are doors? Why are they shut? Uh, what do we do before a closed door? And how to open a closed door. So let me do a little review to catch us up. The Bible talks a lot about doors. A lot about doors. In Revelation chapter 3. Verse 8 is our springboard for this morning. The Lord says, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door. Someone say open door. An open door and no one can shut it. For you have little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Notice that. The Lord set them before an open door in part because they did not deny his name. And I want you to know if you're exploring about Chapel of Change, we are a church that believes in the name of Jesus. And we're not ashamed of the name of Jesus. And we pray and we preach in the name of Jesus. We're not going to be the ones that deny his name, not in our generation. I remember some years ago. The L.A. County supervisors, who are some of the most powerful people in L.A., uh, they invited me to pray uh, at their board meeting. And I got so excited until I read the little, uh, kind of the little, the sentence uh, at the end of their invitation. And they said, uh, as long as you don't pray in the name of Jesus. Can you believe that? I was like, you done, you done asked the wrong person to pray. You know, how am I going to deny Jesus? He's the one that saved me. He's the one that delivered me. He's the one that blessed me. How could I come this far and deny Jesus? I, you done messed up. You asked the wrong person. So the Bible talks a lot about doors, and I'm praying that God opens up doors for you this year. Doors of opportunity, doors of blessing, doors of influence, doors of promotion, even doors of restoration. I'm already seeing it. I'm already seeing it, that God is opening up doors of family restoration right here at Chapel of Change. So remember, when we talk about doors, I'm not talking about the wooden planks that you see in buildings. But let me remind you of a couple definitions of doors. Uh, the positive definition is authorized access. 
authorize access. Write that down. Uh, access to opportunities, access to blessings, access to promotion, access to movement. That's the positive aspect of, of doors. These are open doors, and we learned that doors uh, can signify advancement. When you run into a door in your Christian journey, it, it signifies advancement, that God wants to take you from one season to another season, from one space to a bigger space, from one chapter to another chapter. Anybody ready to close the chapter of their life that they've been in and open up a whole new chapter to the glory of God? Someone shout amen to that. The negative definition of doors are hindrances, limitations, or restrictions. Hindrances, limitations, or restrictions. Those are closed doors. What are doors? Remember we taught that doors can be circumstances. Doors can be circumstances. Uh, remember, if your tomorrow always looks like your yesterday, then that means you're standing in front of a closed door and don't even realize it. If your tomorrow always looks like your yesterday, you are standing in front of a closed door and you don't even realize it. That's how important this teaching is. That's how important what I'm teaching you is so important because it's going to open up the eyes of your spiritual sight and get you to see what you're standing before and even give you the equipment to open that door if necessary. If you're stuck behind a closed door, nothing will change but your age. You could always tell someone who is stuck behind a closed door. You could always tell. Just listen to them because they tell the same story over and over again. Anybody who tells the same story over and over again, it's an indication that they're in front of a closed door. I hope you know the Red Sea was not a river, but it was a door. I hope you know that the Red Sea with Moses was not a river, but it was a door that God opened for his people could walk through. Moses was, uh, had encountered the closed door, and on the side of him were mountains. In front of him was the Red Sea, and Pharaoh was behind him. And then the, Moses cried out to God in a negative way. And the Bible teaches that God rebuked Moses and said, why are you crying to me? You lift up your rod, and you split the Red Sea. That was an open door. Doors can be circumstances. We also learned that doors can be people. Destiny relationships, destiny helpers, burden bearers, and we're going to go deeper into that in another part of this series. But we also learned that doors can be evil spirits that block you from advancing. Doors can be evil spirits. Remember Paul said in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2 that Satan blocked our way. That Satan blocked our way. He's intimidated by you advancing in God's plan for your life. He's intimidated by you being who all that God has called you to be. So at different times and seasons in your journey, he will try to block you from advancing. If you have generational closed doors, we learned that that's demonic. Generational closed doors are demonic. If, you're, if your great-grandfather was an alcoholic and your grandfather was an alcoholic and your dad was an alcoholic and now you're struggling with alcohol, I got news for you. That's a generational closed doors. And that's not just because of bad decisions, but those are demonic influences, a sign to your lineage that you need to open up your eyes and call upon the name of Jesus so he can bust that door down with his Holy Ghost power. Someone shout amen. 
generational closed doors, you know, generational poverty is also demonic. Generational poverty is also demonic. When we went to El Salvador uh, and we were ministering to extremely impoverished communities, uh, the Lord opened up my eyes. He, he really uh, just impressed upon our heart that we're here not just to give them uh, gifts, but we're here to break curses. We're here to open up generational doors. The Lord opened up my mind and he said, listen, I rose up Pastor Sandy from this impoverished community, but there are more Pastor Sandys in this community. And I remember we started getting those little kids when we went to El Salvador and not only did we bless them with a toy, but we started laying hands on them in the mighty name of Jesus and breaking generational curses over their life so that the Lord could rise them up. Some doors are all three wrapped up in one. So doors can be circumstances, doors can be people, doors can be evil spirits that block uh, your advancement. But some doors can be all three wrapped up in one. It could be a person with an evil spirit hounding them that is causing bad circumstances. All three wrapped up in one. It could be a person with evil spirits hounding them that is causing bad circumstances. Remember... Uh, the mission of Jesus, why he came down to this earth, what he explained in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Remember what he said in Luke 4, 18? He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because, someone say because, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me, get this, to proclaim freedom, someone say freedom, freedom for the prisoners. Write that down. Freedom for the prisoners. That speaks of open doors right there. That speaks that Jesus came down from heaven in part to open doors to freedom, open doors to deliverance, open doors to, to healing and wholeness. It's possible. It's possible not to be in a physical prison, but to be in a spiritual and an emotional prison. It's possible not to be in a physical prison, but to be in a spiritual and emotional prison. You would be surprised at how many portable and mobile prisons are walking this earth. You would be surprised at how many portable and mobile prisons are walking this earth. So prison uh, doors can be people. Doors can be circumstances. Doors can be evil spirits. We learned, I'm doing a review, a little review this morning. We learned that not all closed doors are bad. Not all closed doors are bad. Everybody got to get this, but particularly you young people. Because the younger you are when you start serving the Lord, the more years you're going to have serving the Lord and, and more closed doors you're going to encounter. But you need to understand that not all closed doors are bad. Everybody got to get this, but particularly young people. Why? Because you have a stronger willpower. And if you see a closed door, you might mistakenly try to open it when all along God wants to shut it. Are you following along? So not all closed doors are bad. Some closed doors are meant to protect you. Remember we learned that? In Acts chapter 27, Paul was on a ship and a storm was brewing. And God tried to protect everybody by closing the door. But the leaders used their willpower to break down the door. Listen to what I said, what would happen. And Paul said unto them, sirs, I perceived that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage. Not only of the lading and ship, 
but also of our lives. So notice God is trying to shut a door. You see that? God is trying to shut a door, but look at what happens. Nevertheless. Someone say nevertheless. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. What's happening in that portion of scripture? They're breaking down the door. God is trying to shut the door to protect them, but out of their willpower and their ignorance and listening to the wrong voices, they try to open up the door, and they eventually, they open up the door, and you read the, uh, the rest of the chapter, you'll learn that the whole boat was torn apart, and many people suffered because they banged down the door that God was trying to close. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Sometimes God will close a door to protect you. God will close a door on a relationship. He'll close a door on an opportunity. He'll close a door on a situation. Remember we learned last week that some closed doors protect the value of what's behind it. Some closed doors protect the value of, what be, of what's behind it. And sometimes God will, will close a door because he's doing something special behind it. And he doesn't want nobody else involved. He doesn't want nobody else messing with it. He doesn't want nobody else to see it until it's the finished product. Remember we learned that last week? And I found only one place where Jesus tells us to close the door. You might find a couple more places, but I only found one place where Jesus said close the door. And it's in Matthew chapter chapter 6, verse 6, when he says, but when you pray, when you pray, go into your room, close the door. I found only one place where Jesus said, close the door. And he says, when you pray, go into the room and close the door and pray to your father. And who is unseen, then the, your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So what is he doing? He's trying to protect the value of your relationship with the Father. He's trying to get you alone behind closed doors because your connection with the Father tells you how strong you will be in this world. Some closed doors are meant to protect the value of what's behind it. And then remember we learned that some closed doors are meant to control movement. Some closed doors are meant to control movement, that some of y'all are fast, some of y'all are fast, and, and God needs to slow you down, so he closed doors, or he cracks doors a little bit open. Why? Because he needs to slow you down, and some of y'all are fast, and someone will smile at you, and all of a sudden, you want to marry him. Some of y'all are fast. By the way, I just want you to know, we teach the volunteers and we teach the church, smile at people, be nice to people, right? Just because, and, and, and just because somebody's nice to you doesn't mean they want to marry you. Hello, somebody. Timing is big when it comes to opportunities. Timing is big. We learned last week that if you take possession of an opportunity before it's time, it can crush you. That's how big timing is. We learned last week that even Jesus had to wait for the right timing. Even Jesus had to wait for the right timing. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, when, when the right time came, God sent his son. Look at that, right time. Someone say right time. Romans chapter 5, verse 6, it says, for just at the right time. Someone say right time. For at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. And then we learn that some closed doors are meant to redirect you for something bigger and better. I got good news for somebody today. I don't know who this for is for, but listen, rejection is redirection. 
rejection is redirection. Did somebody break your heart? Did somebody backstab you? Did somebody betray a relationship? I got good news for somebody. Rejection is redirection. Now, we are learning that most doors you encounter will initially be shut. Most doors you encounter in life will initially be shut. So what do you do when you encounter a closed door? What do you do when you encounter a closed door? Well, uh, the first thing you do when you encounter a closed door is you don't bang it down. You don't bust it open. That's not what you do. The first thing you do in front of a closed door is you pray for discernment. You pray for discernment. Say, Lord, why is this door shut? Lord, why is this door shut? Is it you, God? Do you want me to slow down? Do you want me to go somewhere else? Lord, why is this door shut? The first thing you do, you do not bang down the door. You pray for discernment. You pray for wisdom. You pray for direction. You inquire of the Lord. Remember we learned in 1 Samuel chapter 30, uh, David's enemies raided his village, took his family, took his friends, took his gold. And you would have thought it would the first response would be to uh, 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 go after the enemies. But that's not what David does. The first thing that he does is he prays for wisdom. He prays for wisdom. He says, so David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake him? Listen, that's a pattern for us. That's a pattern for us. Lord, why is this door shut? Is it you, God? Do you want me to slow down? Do you want me to go somewhere else? Or do you want me to open this door? Do you want me to open this door? So how do we open doors? How do we open doors? There are three major ways that we open doors in the kingdom of God. Three major ways. We open the door through keys. We open the door through knocking. And we open the door through supernatural power. Three major ways we open doors in the kingdom of God. We open the door through keys. We open the door through knocking. We open the door through supernatural power. Today, I'm just going to lay the groundwork on opening doors through keys. I'm going to lay the groundwork on opening doors through keys. Remember, most of the doors you encounter in life will initially be shut. And when you encounter that door, you need to pray to God, Lord, what do you want me to do? If God tells you to open that door, if he says, this is a door, I'm putting it in front of you so that you can open, the first way you open a door is through keys. Someone say keys. So let me lay the foundation. Pay attention to what I'm going to uh, uh, teach you this morning. The Bible mentions keys in several places. It mentions keys in several places. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, it says to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key. Someone say key. The key of David, what he opens, no one shut can shut. What he shuts, no one can open. The Bible mentions several times about keys. Most importantly and most fascinating, Jesus taught his early disciples in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What a profound uh, scripture. What a profound piece of knowledge that Jesus comes down from heaven and he says, I come to give you the keys of heaven. Now, remember we learned last week one of the differences between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. There's slight difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is everywhere the influence of God can reach. Everywhere the influence of God can reach. So there is a, a, a dimension where everything is part of the kingdom of God because everything is God's creation. But the kingdom of heaven is where the power and the presence and the principle of the kingdom of God is manifested. You see the difference? The kingdom of heaven is where the power, the presence, and the principles of the kingdom of God are manifested. And I want heaven manifested in my life. I want the kingdom of heaven manifested through Chapel of Change. I want the kingdom of heaven manifested in my home, in my marriage. I want the power, the presence, and the principles manifested experientially in my life. I don't want to just talk about this. I want to live this. I don't want to just read about this. I want to experience this. There ain't nothing more frustrating than talking about something all your life, but you never step into it. Are you following along? So Jesus, the exciting news is, he says, I come to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I like that. Everywhere I go. I get to unlock the key, I unlock, unlock the doors of heaven. Everywhere I go, I could unlock the windows of heaven. Everywhere, everywhere I go, I, I could unlock heaven. Everywhere I go, whether it's at my job or my school, wherever it is, I can take a manifestation of heaven with me. Someone shout amen to that. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And so what do keys do? They unlock doors. I've taught you that the kingdom is like a giant mansion with many rooms and territories. And in each room are spiritual possibilities for you. In each room, in each territory of the kingdom of God are spiritual possibilities. There, In each room carries your destiny. In each room carries dimensions of God's plan for your life. And one way you get through the door is with a kingdom key. One way you unlock the doors in the kingdom is through a kingdom key. Now, I want to clarify something. There is one key to the kingdom, namely Jesus Christ. He said he is the way, the truth, and the life. There is one key to the kingdom, but once you're in the kingdom, there are many keys of the kingdom. One key to the kingdom, many keys of of the kingdom. And the sad thing is that many Christians get into the kingdom and they spend the rest of their life in the lobby of the kingdom. They spend their entire marriage in the lobby of the kingdom. They spend their entire life in the lobby of the kingdom. And they never experience different dimensions or different levels of God's plan for their life. I want you to understand that it takes more than desire to open up doors in the kingdom of God. It takes more than desire to open up doors in the kingdom of God. It takes more than just wishful thinking to open up doors in the kingdom of God. It takes keys. Someone say keys. 
Keys unlock next levels in life. Keys unlock spiritual possibilities. Listen, I'm, I'm teaching you part of the mystery of the kingdom of God. That the way the kingdom functions is that in every possibility, that every possibility is controlled by a key. The way the kingdom operates, the way the kingdom functions is that every possibility is controlled by a key. Prosperity is co controlled by a key. Breakthrough is controlled by a key. Promotion is controlled by a key. Influence in life. You want more influence in life? You want people to listen to you? You want people to follow you? It's controlled by a key. All these are controlled by keys. And doors do not respond to emotions. Doors do not respond to emotions. Doors do not respond to wishful thinking. They respond to keys. That's how important what I'm teaching you is. Your rising in the kingdom of God is dependent upon the keys you have in your pocket. And not just keys, but the right keys. You're rising in the kingdom of God. You're rising in this world is dependent upon the keys you know how to you. So what is a kingdom key? What is a kingdom key? I wrote down a working definition to help you understand what a kingdom key is. Are you ready? Write this down. The understanding and applying of biblical principles that address your situation. This is what a kingdom key is. I wrote this down. I put this together uh, to help you understand when we talk about keys, what are we referring to? The understanding and applying of biblical principles that address your situation. So, so kingdom keys start with an understanding. It starts with illumination. It starts with light of the word of God. It starts with revelation, right? Revelation. When, that, when you gain that spiritual enlightenment, but not just that, it also uh, involves application, being a, being a doer of the word and not just a hearer deceiving yourself. So it starts with understanding, then it starts with application of biblical principles that address your situation. So it's not just any key. Whatever you're going through, you need to find that specific biblical principle that addresses your situation. That's the right key for the door that's before you. Is anybody following along? So it's the understanding and applying of biblical principles that address your situation. Jesus uh, taught on this in Luke chapter 11, verse 52. Listen to what he says. I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. He says, woe to you lawyers. For you have taken away the key of knowledge. Someone say key of knowledge. Key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourself and those who were entering in you hindered. Notice he says the key of knowledge. That speaks of biblical principles right there. These are the mysteries of the kingdom of God. These are the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That each time you get a revelation of the word of God, and each time you apply that revelation to your life, you turn a key. Are you following along? Each time you get a, 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 a revelation, an understanding, each time the light of the word of God uh, comes upon your soul and you apply that to your life, you work that out in your life, you live it out in your life, you just turn the key. The key speaks of understanding and applying biblical principles. The amazing thing is that Jesus came down from heaven to give us keys. He came down from heaven. He looked. He looked from heaven and he seen all the portable 
and mobile prisons walking around. You look down from heaven and seen all the mobile and portable prisons walking around. People locked up in depression. People locked up in failure. People locked up in addiction. People locked up in discouragement. People locked up in insecurity. People locked up in low self-esteem. People locked up in bondage. People locked up in demonic activity. And he looked upon the earth and he seen all these mobile and, and moving around prisons, walking around. And he says, I'm going down there and yes, I'm going down there to die and yes, I'm going down there to resurrect from the grave, but I'm also going down there to hand out keys, keys of freedom, keys of deliverance, keys, someone shout keys. Jesus came down from heaven to give us keys in 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, says, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. You see that? He's given us an understanding. What's that? That's a key right there. That's a key. That's why at Chapel of Change, we're so big on teaching you the Word of God. Uh, that's why at Chapel of Change, you have a teaching pastor, someone who, who's, who's putting in effort and time to help you understand. Get, I'm just carrying on the mission of Jesus. We're just carrying on the mission of Jesus. The, the, Jesus' mission is our mission, and part of that mission is to hand out keys. Some of y'all marriages are in bondage, but good news is we got keys. We got keys. Some of y'all sons are in addiction, but don't, don't, don't worry. We got keys. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. What is he talking about? He, that, that's high-level illumination. That's, that's comprehension of the Word of God. That's, that's, that's revelation right now. That, that's keys. Those are all uh, synonyms for keys. In Luke chapter 24, verse 45, you heard me talk on this again, but let me relate it to keys. There was two disciples after the resurrection, after Jesus died, they were discouraged because their hopes had been shattered. And they were walking away from Jerusalem, the hub of God's uh, center of his activity. They were walking away from Jerusalem and presumably they were going back to their hometown. They were going back to what they were familiar with because discouragement will always lead you back to what you're familiar with. And they're broken. Their hopes have been shattered. And they're walking down the road. And unknowing to them, Jesus, after his resurrection, hunts them down. I love that about Jesus. Always hunts us down. Even when we're walking the opposite way. He comes up on the side of them. They don't even realize it's him. And notice what the Bible says. It says, then Jesus opened their minds to understand. Someone say understand. Understand the scriptures. What is he doing? He's walking along. He sees that they're a mobile prison. He sees that they're a portable prison. He sees that they're captured in depression. They're captured in hopelessness. And they're walking away from where God wants them to be. And Jesus, on the greatest day of history, the resurrection, he finds them, hunts them down. He walks on the side of them and says, don't be discouraged. I got some keys. And he pulls out the keys. You, you read the rest of that story. You know what they do? They go back to Jerusalem. How can you go back to Jerusalem? How can you go back to God's plan? How can you be all that God has called you to be? It's because you've been set free. You got a key. It says, then Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Listen, I thank God for colleges. I thank God for trade schools. 
but you will rise to the level that you receive keys in the kingdom of God. I thank God for colleges. Get your college education. I thank God for trade schools. You better go get a trade school. If you can't go to college, learn a trade, go to work. But let me tell you something. You, you will only rise in the kingdom of God to the level you receive spiritual understanding, spiritual illumination, and spiritual revelation. And these are equivalent to keys in the kingdom of God. That's been my prayer this year. Lord, don't let me come with just a sermon. Uh, help me to get shed some high-level light into their soul. My prayer is to give you high-level light, is to spiritual light, is to give you keys because I understand that spiritual understanding will rise you above the chaos of life. Spiritual understanding will give you influence and, and meaning in life. Just like Jesus handed them some keys and they went back to Jerusalem. You get the keys and you'll go back to God's plan for your life. And as you grow in your understanding of God, as you grow in your understanding of God, you know what you're doing? You're collecting keys. As you grow in your understanding of God, you're collecting keys. As you engage in the life of the church, you're collecting keys. As you come on Sundays and participate in the worship and participate in the word, as you come on Thursdays and participate in the prayer and participate in the word, you're, you're collecting keys. You're collecting keys as you attend discipleship groups, whether it's women's abide discipleship groups or Kingsman discipleship groups, you know what you're doing? You're collecting keys. You're collecting keys. This is a picture of our Kingsman discipleship group from last Saturday right here in the fellowship hall. And that's Pastor Vaughn teaching the Bible study to the men right there. That's Saturday mornings at 8.30 in the morning. But let me tell you what's going on right there. You may not be able to see it, but I'm going I'm to I'm teach you the mysteries of the kingdom of God. He's not just teaching a Bible study. He's not just teaching a Bible study. He's not just talking. I'm going to tell you what's going on right there in the spiritual realm. You know what he's doing in the spiritual realm? He's carrying on the mission of Jesus. You know what he's doing? He's handing out keys. He's handing out keys. There's nothing more powerful than a man who has the keys to the kingdom of, of God and heaven on this earth. Ain't nothing more powerful when a husband finds his keys. Ooh, that's a prophetic word right there. Not more powerful when a husband finds his keys. We, we handing out keys. Handing out keys. We're handing out keys. Is anybody following along? I'm going to end with the first verse I started with in Revelations 3.8, but this is another translation. Listen to what it says. It says, Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut. Now notice he says because. Someone say because. So he's telling you why he put this open door before. He says, because you have little power and, this is part of the because, have followed my word. Why did he put that open door before him? Why did he open that door? Because they had the keys. They had the keys. They received spiritual understanding. They 
They receive the high-level revelation. They're getting understanding, but they're not just listening to the Word. They begin to do the Word. They begin to apply the Word. They begin to walk out the Word. And because they're, they're getting understanding and because they're applying it to their life, God says, I'm beginning to put you in front of open doors. I'm beginning to open up the doors in your life. I'm going to begin to rise you up and elevate you for the kingdom of God because you learn to turn the key. You learn to turn the key. I was, I got a fresh revelation of this in my own testimony the other day. You know, through the years, by the grace of God, I have been invited to speak at various colleges and universities. And uh, by the grace of God, a couple of universities have actually flown me out to different states to speak uh, to their students and even colleges locally. Um, I remember when I got invited to speak to Hope International University in Orange County, uh, as I was driving up to the parking lot, my heart was touched. It was overwhelmed because when I looked, I saw a sign that reserved me a parking slot in the university. I drove up to the parking, and I turned, and I was overwhelmed by the grace and mercy and favor of God because I noticed that this sign that had my name on it and reserved me a slot, a parking slot in the university. And I say that to say this because I got a fresh revelation about the power of keys that how was I able to rise from a one-man prison cell to having a parking lot slot at a university reserved for me? How does that happen? How does one rise from a one-man prison cell in the L.A. County Jail wearing a red jumpsuit, bald head, skinnier than I am now? How does he rise above that to having a reserve slot at a local university? I'm going to tell you how that happened. Jesus gave me the keys. Jesus gave me the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I started collecting the keys at the age of 18 years old. I started collecting the keys. I started learning this. I started learning that. I started asking questions about that. I started asking questions. I need that key. I need that key. And I started turning the keys. I started turning the keys. All you young people in here, you got an advantage over a lot of us. You have, you have an advantage. You can start turning keys right now. You can start turning keys. And let me tell you something. If you start turning keys when you're 18, you start turning keys when you're 20, you don't even understand how your life is going to look like when you're 30 years old. Because you're going to be walking into some open doors. Not even rooms, but I declare you're going to be opening uh, territories for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Why? Because you started to use the keys of the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom. How does one rise in life? I thank God for colleges. I thank God for trade schools. But let me tell you something. You better get a key. Your role right now, you're as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you, you, better, you better search for them keys because they will unlock everything about you that God wants you to be free in. You, you better hunt for them keys. You better get them keys in Jesus' name. I want to ask us to bow our heads right now in the mighty name of Jesus as the worship team comes up. I laid the groundwork on keys this morning. And as we bow our heads in a moment of reflection, I want us to think about what, what God 
uh, said to you as the worship team comes up and just plays uh, softly in the background. I want us to think about what God uh, said to you through this word. This is a very important part of our time together. This is where we meditate and reflect and we download what God said to us from our head to our heart. So just for a couple moments, as everybody remains still in reverence to God, let's bow our hearts and our head. Let's think, what God, what were you trying to get across to me? What were you trying to get across to me? In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Lord, what were you saying? Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. everybody just as you bow your heart just begin to pray to God right now let's begin to pray Lord give us understanding of your word just pray right where you're at Lord give us understanding Lord give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you just pray for wisdom right now that's that's the key understanding illumination revelation just pray for wisdom right now. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As we remain in atmosphere of prayer, maybe there's someone here today that feels that you've been stuck behind a closed door. That door is shut, not because of God, but maybe either what you have done, or even what the enemy is doing, what Satan is doing. But if there's someone here who feels like they've been stuck behind a closed door, and you need prayer to begin to open that door. You need prayer to begin to open that door. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the singers to come up for a moment. The singers... If you need prayer for God to open up a door that you feel that has been shut, not because of God, but either because of your bad decisions or even some type of demonic influence, and you want God to start to open that door, prepare you to open that door, stand up on your feet, and we're going to pray for you. Stand up on your feet. We're going to pray for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Pastor Raymond, come up. Hallelujah, Lord. We're going to pray and then we're going to seal this moment with a worship. Hallelujah, Lord. Lift up your hands unto the Lord as a sign of just submission to God. We lift up our hands as a physical sign of submission unto the Lord. Our hands lifted up signify to God that we're yielding to Him. Our hands lifted up signify to heaven that we're yielding to heaven. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, our brothers and sisters have stood up 
they have signified by standing up that they feel that they're in front of a closed door. Lord, some of them even feel like their tomorrow is always like their yesterday. Father, some of them feel that this door may even be shut because of demonic influence, Lord God. Lord, some of them are standing before generational closed doors. Their mom was divorced. Their grandmother was divorced. Now they're facing a divorce. Whatever might be the reason for that closed door, Father God, they have stood up signifying, asking for your help, oh Lord God. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I just want to pray for those who stood up. I pray, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, first of all, that you strengthen their mind. First of all, that you strengthen their spirit. And Father God, I come against a spirit of depression right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I come against a spirit of discouragement right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I come against a spirit of frustration right now in the mighty name of Jesus. That that evil spirit that is making a bad situation worse right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray for everyone who stood up that you give them the strength. You give them the strength to be faithful to you. Give them the strength to be dedicated to you. Give them the strength to keep their eyes on you, Lord God. And Father, we pray that you begin to open up that door, Lord God. We pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you begin to open up that door, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for the keys, the kingdom keys, oh Lord God, to open up that door, Father God. Lord, give your people illumination. Give them revelation, Father God. Oh Lord God, give them high-level light, Father God, in Jesus' name. Father God, begin to raise them up to raise them up father god and we pray open doors over their life we pray open doors over their family we pray open doors over their marriages we pray open doors over their mind we pray open doors over their mind if somebody's struggling in your mind just lay your hands over your over your head right now and we pray open doors over their mind right now in jesus name we pray the peace of god over their mind right now in jesus name we pray the love of god over their mind right now in the name of jesus to be free in your mind in jesus name we rebuke anxiety right now in the mighty name of jesus anxiety you must flee right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Someone lift your hand over your heart right now. I'm going to pray, Father, Lord, strengthen their heart. Lord, strengthen their inner person with might by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, strengthen their heart, Father God, in Jesus' name. Strengthen their heart, oh Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we declare open doors. Open doors over their life, Father. Open doors over their life right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare open doors in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's seal this moment with worship. Everybody, let's stand to our feet and just seal this moment with worship. Lift up our voice to the Lord. Glorify. Glorify. 
Let's seal this moment. Seal this moment. You got the keys to the kingdom. You got the keys to the kingdom. Heavenly Father, we heard your word, Lord God, and we thank you, God, for handing us the keys, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will identify each door and give us the keys to open it. And with that, God, we thank you, God, that you have a plan for us, that you have considered our ways and you have laid out this blueprint for us to walk in, God so that we, we may live out our calling for your honor and for your glory this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. You may be seated. You may be seated. If you want to repeat after me just for an exercise, uh, repeat after me. I have the keys. I have the keys. I have the power to open doors. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord one more time a hand praise. Wow. I don't know about you, but I feel like I could go out and like, like take down the world after that message. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God knows exactly what we need, uh, brothers and sisters. Well, thank you, Jesus. At this time, we're going to transition to our tithes and offerings portion of the service. And as we prepare for our tithes and offerings, I have a scripture out of Proverbs 11, 25. It says this, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will also themselves be refreshed. So as we are um, um, about to give, just give with that heart knowing that, that this is a good area for us to sow into uh, because one, it helps others. How many know with our tithes and offerings here at Chapel of Change, we are creating platforms for people to experience God. And also, as we're doing this, you know, uh, there, there's a law of sowing and reaping. And wherever we sow, we're, a, we're able to reap, and that's one of God's promises as well. So as we refresh others, we ourselves will also be refreshed. Praise the Lord for that type of dynamic he gives us. 
Here at Chapel of Change, we have many ways to give. A few of them are on the screen behind me. But we also give by debit card inside the lobby. If you want to give by debit card, somebody will facilitate that for you as well. We have Scan to Give where you can give uh, by your phone using your uh, photo app and give that way. Just give it up to many of us uh, that give online. Many of us are faithful givers that are online. And as the ushers come forward, I have some announcements. Um, today, directly after this service, we are having a membership class for those who are wanting to explore membership in the church. Maybe you've been coming here at Chapel of Change as just an attendee, but membership is one more step into the life of the church. Uh, membership is one more step of obedience to be part of a community. So when you enter into membership, you are saying, I want to officially uh, come alongside the vision that, pa that Pastor Brian was given by God. We always hear about that. And we want to support that and live it out and, and, and let others know about it. So membership is a step saying, I want to partner. I want to agree. What God is doing here is good. So immediately after this service, Pastor Vaughn is in the back with the, um, talking in the back. You'll see him right there with the black jacket. He's going to be doing that membership class. Even if you want to explore what it means to be a member, please join that class. It's available for us brothers and sisters. As well as this Tuesday, we are having our young adults gathering. We're in a new night. Let's give it up for our young adults. God is moving in a mighty way with our young adults, but we change it to Tuesday. So come out and support that and see what the Lord is doing in our young adults. If you have any questions, we have uh, Sarah right here. Raise your hand. Please talk to her. Get connected with the move of God in our young adults. We also have next Saturday is our business or uh, faith and business expo business and faith expo where we're going to be learning and hearing testimonies you know these, these, these people are not just uh just gonna let you know how to make more money but it's a testimony on how god brought them through so so if, if at all come to hear how god gave them a testimony to, to build them up to influence the kingdom come out this saturday it's not too late to register i believe there's a, there's a card in the back as well, but you can go on the QR code, register for that event uh, to be a part of what God is doing. That will be next Saturday here in the sanctuary. Let us pray and I'll release the ushers. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for the ability to give, Lord. And we thank you, God, that you hand us the keys, Lord, uh, in our finances and provisions, God. Uh, you are opening up floodgates of heaven, Lord, as we give, so your word says uh, in Malachi 3, that, that you will open up the floodgates, God. So we thank you for your promises, Lord. And as we give this tithes and offerings to you, God, may you watch over it, Lord. May you watch over the ones that are entrusted, that they may steward it well in the name of Jesus, for your glory, for your honor. And everyone says, amen, ushers, you are released.
Amen, amen, hallelujah. At this time, I want to call up some of our leaders for some extended prayer if you need. Um, Sister Monique, come, come. Pastor uh, Bill, you could come down. At this time, we want to dismiss with a blessing, so if you could hold your hands to receive the blessing of the Lord. In the name of the Father, who loves us with an endless love, and in the name of the Son, who died that we may live, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, who continues to teach us how to unlock doors, may we go with the protection and the covering and the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen, amen. God bless you, saints. God bless you.